healing matters. Being wounded changes the way you think. It changes what you believe. It changes your perspective. So now I'm using yesterday's pain as today's perspective. This is why I speak about healing so much. I want us to heal so that we could actually hear what's being said versus our wounds rewording it. This is why when we talk to people, we have to keep telling them, I never said that. Their wounds keep rewording it. The mind replays what the heart fears to feel again, how they think matters. Don't overlook that because that's what you're going to have to deal with. To heal, to heal a people. The progress is healing the wound that's the blow, that's a blow made. Coming, coming to you loud and clear. Like the brain doesn't want attention. To heal a people. Like the brain doesn't want attention. To heal, to heal a people. This country is desperately sick. And man is on the critical list. To heal, to heal a people. Conversations and interviews with experts from around the world about our four rings of healing. Four rings of healing. Four rings of healing. To heal a people. Yes, yes, and Mo, yes, welcome back to To Heal a People podcast. I am your host, H. Soul. Really excited about this particular show because we're about to hop into the second ring of healing, which is what we call the relationship ring. And this one, as you can suspect, it goes deep. You know, it's it's, it's a deep ring, uh, specifically because it deals with one of those areas that people it's fundamental to, you know, our, our time here. It's fundamental to some of the deepest desires that we have as human beings uh, to, to, for companionship, right? For connection, for growth. And so th- the problem is, is that we live in one of the most problematic cultures when it comes to being taught and educated and um, surrounded by holistic, healthy messages that would make sure that the majority of the populace was able to 
enter in and to sustain relationships. And it's not. The statistics bear that out. 55% of all people that get married are going to get divorced. That says nothing of the people that remain married and just live in loveless, hapless marriages, which are quite a few. And then, of course, that says nothing to the amount of people who never even make it to the altar, which they're finding out more and more through the millennial space is a large number of people. Uh, And I, you know, just to be clear, I don't think that it's necessarily I don't think it's necessary to formalize your relationship through legal means. However, let's be clear, it's not like because people are not getting married that their relationships are more healthy. They're not. And again, statistics bear that out. And so here in the second ring, a second of the four rings, and just a quick reminder, the four rings, the first one is self. The second one is relationships. The third one is passion, purpose, or what we call ikigai. And the fourth one is community. And so for the next couple of podcasts, we're going to be hanging out in in, in relationships for a while to nail this down. Now, what are we nailing down exactly? Well, what we're going to do is we're going to give you the uh, what we call the the THAP relationship tenets framework, uh, which are five pieces or five uh five tenets that we really believe that if adopted would completely shift the paradigm around relationships and reconfigure it back to uh, it being people centered and growth centered and not this, Disneyland fantasy cop out drop out divorce type of relationships that this culture currently finds itself in and so for that reason I know many of you will have a great interest uh, in in this topic and so I'm excited about it so let us go ahead and get into it Let's, let's, let's hear our man continue to break down uh, the mind frame piece and then we'll hawk, then we'll hop into the five tenets of, of relating and then we'll break that shit down. Thank you for being tuned in to Heal the People. I'm your man, H-Soul. Let's get this work. And what I want us to consider is you're going to have to deal with how they think. Please don't breeze past that. It can be very deleterious if you do. It's not about how fine they are, how long you have known them. How do they think? How do they process content, intel, and information? You're going to have to deal with their mindset, not just how fine they are. As a man thinketh, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7, all day. Have you known them long enough to observe how they think? How they think? Like, how do they think when they're upset? How do they think when they don't get their way? Well, I I no longer matter when you don't get your way. 
this is what you think about me when you're upset? How do they think when they're under pressure, corrected, or challenged? If you have only seen how they think in spring, the season of growth, it might shock you how they think in winter, the season of loss. The way we think grows through the soil of our personality. Like some people's mindset looks like when Scar took over a pride rock and Lion King. I need to know how we think. It's amazing to me how we are such strong advocates for mental health, but keep overlooking if they're not intentional with their mental health, they're not going to be a support center for yours. Sidebar, one way to protect your mental health is when you have learned how to distinguish between who deserves an explanation versus who deserves no response. Our life is constructed by how we think and our life moves in the direction of our most dominant thoughts. Thought process reveals maturity level. This is why healing matters. When you're healed, you think different. When you're wounded, you think different. Now it's time to break that shit down. Okay, now we're into the part where we're going to break this down. And excuse me, we're going to stretch out a little bit and I'm going to take my time with it because I think it's really important that you get these five fundamental tenets, laws, guideposts because they will tremendously help your relationship. That I can guarantee you. First, what you will begin to do is to practice them. When you practice them, then they'll move into second nature and then they'll move into first nature and your your relationship will be transformed the deeper that you uh, utilize these, these tools. A tool is only as uh, effective as it is used, right? So let's look at this first one. This first tenant or law talks about the purpose of relationships is growth. The benefit is love. Now, what does that mean? Because most people, when they hear or when you ask them the reason to be in the relationship, they will tell you that the reason reason to be in relationship is companionship will be the first reason so that they're not lonely because they like the other person because, quote unquote, they fell in love, even if they even if they don't have a very clear definition of what that means exactly. This is what most people in the West and in Western culture will tell you. It will be some form of a Disneyland reasoning and framework for why they've entered into the relationship. Right. And so here we we, we identify the first problem and solution for being in healthy, holistic, sustainable relationships. And that is to understand why we're in them in the first place. And the reason in a uh, in a holistic culture, in a holistic framework, in a healing framework, the first reason that you get into a relationship is to grow. What did he say? 
Wait a minute. What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? That's the reason why you get into a relationship. Not so that you can feel butterflies. Not because you're so Twitter-pated with the other person. The reason why you get inside of a committed relationship is with the understanding that I want to grow. And when you have that as a framework, when you have that as an understanding, then when the challenges and conflicts come forward, and inevitably they will, trust and believe. Let me give you an example of that. For my own personal life, my parents uh, were divorced when I was six. And what preceded their divorce was a, uh, a fight that turned physical in front of my brother and I. Had never seen it before, never saw it after. The one and only time that we experienced that type of domestic violence in our home, our parents were separated, divorced after that, right? So... What message did that send to me? Or what message did I pick up from that? Well, I picked up the message that when there's conflict, that violence may be expected and there is no reconciliation once there's conflict. There's just separation. And... You know, I, I'll go on to add what helped seal that as a mindset for me early on was that my parents, you know, they didn't get along for the next 10 years through the divorce. I mean, they, get, they divorced a couple of years later, but they didn't get along until I was well into my uh, late teens until they could, you know be in the same room with each other and and deal with each other and the point here being that i picked up this message that conflict right was to be avoided and once it was had separation was the solution and that's the message that most of us in western culture receive right which is highly problematic because Western culture is highly conflictual where it uh, promotes conflict but then they don't promote reconciliation to that conflict and so when I started dating in my early years and my early relationships as soon as there was conflict inside of the relationship I jetted I bounced it was exit stage left for me because I felt that the relationship wasn't worth holding on to because that was the messages that I had received early on in my my life. So it was only through going through healing and, and moving into my early 20s when I uh, began to to get initiated to uh, uh, traditional forms of relationships that I unlearned that. And that took some time. The key is to sustain yourself.
to continue through the relationship, work out the conflicts, work out the disharmony. And what is the benefit of what you receive once you work through the conflict, once you work through the disharmony, once you work through the not feeling each other? The benefit is love. So love is actually love is actually the byproduct of having sustained and done the work of realignment. It is not what you walk into the relationship with. It is the it is the byproduct of having done the work of being in the relationship, of sustaining the relationship. And that is why it leads into our second uh, uh, tenant or law of, of relationships, which is no cop-outs, no dropouts, which is number two. The purpose is growth. The benefit is love is number one, which moves into no cop-outs and no dropouts. Why? Because mo- what do we mean by no cop-outs and no dropouts? Exactly what it sounds like. So many times in relationships, somebody drops out. In my early relationship times, that was me. As soon as I was triggered, as soon as that there was conflict, because I hadn't been shown or taught how to move through conflict, I dropped out. And I use as a excuse to drop out my cop out, which is I'm not feeling you no more. We're not in alignment. You are not the quote unquote one for me, right? Because in our minds in the West, whoever becomes the one quote unquote, all you should ever hear are harps and slow jams and flowers and birds singing. That's how you know it's the one because it's only that, but that's unrealistic. That's fantasy, right? Um, But that's the fantasy that we're sold in the West through this uh, program called romanticism. And we can go through at a different point in time why the Romans, which is the root word of romanticism, why the Romans needed to create that illusion and that fantasy. A total warlike culture cannot and has not produced a loving framework for relationships to take place. But yet and still, here we are. Here we are. So um, so th- the first two, the purpose is growth. The benefit is love. Number two, the co- no cop outs, no dropouts. This third, the, the third tenet, I think, is really important for us to get to. And this is a huge one. This one is called No Victims, No Villains. No Victims, No Villains. Now, what do we mean by No Victims, No Villains? What we mean by No Victims, No Villains is that in Western culture, we are taught, specifically in relationships right now, that as you go through life, either you are a victim or you are a villain. That we either see other cultures as a a villain And we're the victim or ourselves uh, dominating that culture and we are the villains and they are the victims. Right. Even though we never articulated that self like that to ourselves, we never articulate ourselves as the villains. We uh, 
articulate ourselves as victims and then we get the payback and when the payback goes down then we are just and, and that's the same way we operate in our relationships right once we feel that we have been victimized by the other person in the relationship it then gives us permission to become the villain and when we become the villain then it justifies all of our actions that come afterwards and that is why we cannot have this dichotomic victim villain mindset there's this huge conversation about narcissism and how not to be a victim of a narcissist and narcissist this and narcissist that it never talks about really how did you attract a, someone who's quote unquote a narcissist in the first place right it never it, 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 while it tells you how to, to identify when you're in a relationship with a, a narcissist and it may give you advice on how to get out of it it doesn't talk about how do you attract it and why you are attracting narcissistic personalities in the first place that is a framework that's being talked about that is rooted in the victim villain mindset that you are in a relationship or how to avoid a relationship or how to get out of a relationship where you are victimized by someone instead of in healing center cultures where we understand the other person in the relationship being merely a reflection of who we are now that's not to say that you're never that you can never get inside of a, that no one ever acts narcissistically inside of a relationship but what it is to say that if I continue to get inside of relationships with narcissists, what is that saying about me? Why am I attracted to that? And then that leads you on a road of self-discovery so that you can heal yourself, retune your antenna so that you are not attracting that into your life and see when you have a victim's mindset you never are taught to reflect on what it is that puts you in that situation to begin with and so you continue to repeat the pattern and the pattern will continue to repeat itself until the wound is healed message and so there are no victims or villains in a relationship there's only lessons to be learned and wounds to be healed and once the lesson is learned once the wound is healed we can then move on to the next level of relating you follow me fantastic that leads us to number four no shame no blame this again is another one that people have a lot of difficult with it's very similar to no victims no villains when we're in relationships in the West, we have a tendency to seek to shame or blame our partners for what it is that we are experiencing. We blame them for making us, listen to the language, making us upset. We blame them for hurting our feelings. We blame them for not doing what we asked them to do. One of the popularized pieces of propaganda that is now taking hold of the relationship counseling field so to speak is this whole thing about boundaries we have to set up boundaries we got to get proper boundaries in place 
you gotta make sure that you, so that you don't get hurt, that you don't get taken care of. You need to set up boundaries, and boundaries this, and boundaries that, and boundaries this. Now let me tell you something about boundaries. Let's unpack what a boundary is. Boundaries, as they are t- articulated are spaces in the relationship that your partner is not supposed to tread in or go because if they tread in and go up past these boundaries then they trigger a response from you and so rather than examining what this trigger is really about and healing the trigger what we then do is set up these gates, these artificial gates around these spaces of ourselves that have been injured that our partners are never supposed to venture past or beyond. And when they do it, they're totally out of pocket. In a healing, in a holistic healing framework of relationships, right? You're there to grow. The reason for the relationship is to grow. And so when someone has triggered you, that is an indication that this is a space that you need to grow, that that you need to because you have to understand in holistic healing, you are a whole and complete injuries are artificial marks are scars on our spirit. That we have to heal from. That's the purpose of being in relationships. That's the purpose for living. It's so that we can heal from. We can heal our soul wounds. And become whole and complete. But if you set up a boundary. Where no one is ever supposed to go beyond. And no one is ever supposed to trigger you. Then how can you ever heal it? Right? How will you know if you're ever healed from it? If. No one is ever allowed to to peek behind the curtain, which, by the way, is intimacy. Right. They never talk about that part. The part that you the point that you would let somebody pass your boundary is the definition of what intimacy is. Intimacy is vulnerability. Vulnerability is opening up in spaces that feel uncomfortable. We're unpacking and unraveling the falsehoods that exist inside of western society and western thought around relationships it's all a straw man's argument that's not to say that there are some boundaries that we need in place until we heal but we are actively healing so that we can let those boundaries down not for the sake of keeping keeping them up perpetually so the best way to think of boundaries are like band-aids they are temporary fixes at best not to be kept on in perpetuity but to be used long enough so that the wound has an opportunity to heal but at a given point the band-aid must be removed So that we know that true healing has taken place. In fact, they tell you that with band-aids. What do they tell you with the band-aid after you've had it on for some time? You got to take the band-aid off and let what? Let the wound heal or or let let the wound get some air. At a given point, we have to remove the band-aid. At a given point, we have to then 
expose our our ourselves our our souls to the external environment right i hope i i hope that makes sense to you which brings us to the final law of holistic relating which is i create my life now what do we mean by i create my life again this is coming from a holistic healing perspective of how we look at ourselves in the world we do not look at ourselves as victims of circumstance. We do not look at ourselves as merely, uh, uh, you know, being at the whim of forces external to who we are as in our greater selves. Not in our individual ego based mindset, but who we are as gods and goddesses. And so with that we are the creators of our experiences most of us don't know that no most of us in western culture are not trained to see ourselves as that we are trained to see ourselves as what as victims as merely sheeple People who are placed inside of a culture, we don't have any control over the type of economies that we run, the type of education that we receive. We are just, you know, uh, receiving. We are just, you know, we're not creating any of that. We are just consuming that. And in a consumer based culture, that is the way that the thinking is promoted in order to continue to create consumers. And what I'm saying is part of a healing process is starting to understand that you are actually creating the existence that you're having. But because 80 to 85 percent of your thought process is subconscious and you're not aware of how that's been programmed. When things happen in your life, you're taught to look outward and to point the finger to say that you're a, a victim or, or to shame or blame some, or something having been done to you. There's no personal godship ownership over what is happening in your own life. And now you can begin to see when you're looking at these laws, when you're looking at these tenants, why they will completely reshape the way that you look at yourself, the way that you look at your relationships, the way that you will look at your your time, the, the way that you, you begin to examine your creative gifts that you give to the world and what your role and goals are here during your time. Woo, that was a lot. That was a lot. I am very, very clear that that was a lot. And also very clear that you probably will need to go back and listen to this two or three times. It's the reason why I didn't invite a guest on for this particular podcast. In the next one, I'm bringing in a sister who, who teaches this framework and who has been living inside of a relationship with her husband with this framework. So that you can gain some real life uh, and hear some real life narratives and understanding of how do you begin to implement this uh, framework into your life and what are the impacts, what you can expect once you do that, how it will empower you, how you can unplug from this toxic way of thinking and relating to yourself to other people, to the environment, to the world. 
So in the meantime, in the between time, yes, go ahead, run this back, listen to it four, five, six again. Take a pen, pencil, your journal, jot these five down. Let me run through them real quick again. What's the reason why we get into relationships? The purpose of getting in relationships is growth. The benefit of staying in relationships is love. Two, no victims, no villains. Three, no cop-outs, no dropouts. Four, no shame and no blame. And five, I create my life. Boom, there it is. To heal, to heal a people. Okay, there it is. Episode three. It's a wrap. I know it was a little bit of a lengthy one, but we needed it. It was necessary in order for us to get these five crucial points along inside of our relationship rings. Listen, our relationships are about to be the bomb.com. Trust. So thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Episode four with our special guest coming on. Really excited about that. So make sure you peep that out as we get some living live examples of what it's like to live a relationship inside of and utilizing the five rings. Until then, stay calm and strong. H Soul out. There will be no love that's dying here. The mirror that fell from the wall was raggedy, that's all. It rests up on a rusty nail before it made us fall. Well, the bones of love are everywhere, but I won't let it be. There will be no love that's dying here for me.